You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a diet rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are, how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't wanna miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. Question is, I was listening to the Office Hours recording from June of this year, and at one point you discussed how running can have a negative impact on gaining muscle. I'm now wondering how much of a role that played in my unsuccessful bulk phase. Basically, any day that I wasn't lifting, I went on a run. I have followed that routine since I started lifting three years ago, and I don't understand. I also don't understand how I managed to gain only fat and no muscle if I was lifting with progressive overload and doing cardio. There is so much goodness in this question. I don't, I'm, I'm probably not even going to be reading it all at once. So I'm just, I'm going to stop here first and address the first part of it. So the first thing that you said was, um, how running has a negative impact on muscle. So like you said, I went into a little bit of detail in that in the June office hours. So that is in your portal for you guys who missed it or the replays probably somewhere here in the group as well. Um, so when it comes to running, having a negative impact on gaining muscle, I'm going to put that in air quotes because I definitely want to clarify negative. And I want to clarify that like, even though I, personally, Kiki Smith, not a huge fan of cardio. I will never, ever, ever tell someone who absolutely adores cardio that they cannot do it because we all have things that feel good to us and give us the endorphins or whatever the case may be that makes you feel like you. So if running makes you feel like you, the question is never about like run or not. Like that is something that is always going to be because it's always a personal preference. Like I don't like running. So the answer would be not. But if you love running, the answer would be yes. And now how do I make this work with running? So um, that's the thing that I do love about these questions is because I feel like that's kind of where you're digging at is like I still want to run and I want muscle. And I love when there's an and in there <laughs> because it doesn't have to be but. So running having the negative impact on muscle um let me explain this a little bit so it's all about having knowledge and understanding of what you're doing and then being willing to insert and work the strategy that has to happen in order for you to keep that thing in because of the fact that you do have to be more strategic under certain circumstances. So this is the same thing like when we have the conversation about body recomp. Like everybody wants to build muscle and burn fat at the same time. Great, wonderful, sounds like a holy grail. Would be amazing if it happened to all of us very easily, but it doesn't. It takes more attention to detail. So that is the biggest thing is that most of these things, they just take more attention to detail. And it's about are you willing to take that attention to detail? Do you want to take that attention to detail? Do you need to take that much attention to detail? Or are you making it harder for yourself? Not talking to you specifically <laughs> about this, but I'm just saying like in general, I'm letting you guys understand like this is the conversation that, um, that I'm having with clients. Is like, 
we're always looking to see, are we making it harder than it has to be? So if we are, then we're trying to like, okay, how can we let it be easy? Typically, that's the reason why it usually leads to the person like, well, maybe I can cut back for a little while and then do this. Like, because that just makes it easier than trying to figure out like, how can I keep in 30 miles of running and gain muscle? Like, it's going to be hard. Like, let's just keep it real. So first and foremost, when it comes to running, there are multiple parts to that. Are we talking about like marathon running or are we talking about sprinting? Endurance running and sprinting are two different categories. They're about the equivalent of muscle and running being in muscle, like building muscle, strength training workouts and running being in two different categories. So um, we're going to assume that for most of the stuff that I'm talking about, when I'm saying running, I'm not talking about sprinting. I'm not talking about anaerobic versions of running. I'm talking about endurance style running. Um, steady state cardio, going out for, you know, a two, five, 10 mile run to like clear your head or something like that. Like that's what I'm talking about. Usually what I'm talking about running. If we're talking about sprinting, that's kind of a different category. And I will um, address that a little bit. But for the purpose of running for endurance and lifting for muscle building, the first thing you need to know is that they're two different goals, period, end of story. Endurance and strength are two different phases. Endurance and hypertrophy are two different phases. So the first thing that we always have to do is decide on what is most important to us in this phase, and then we lean in that direction. It doesn't mean that we don't include the other stuff. It just means that like which, which is primary, which one gets leaned because of the fact that they are different. So it's the same thing with phases. If you're in an endurance style phase, then you are not expecting hypertrophy, which is muscle building. If you are in a hypertrophic phase, you are not expecting endurance. You, If you're in a strength phase, you're not expecting endurance and vice versa. So understand that those three modalities of lifting are all different. Those three modalities of exercise are different the same way that aerobic versus anaerobic are two different types of cardio. So if we're talking about endurance style running and hypertrophic lifting, muscle building, they're two different goals. So pick which one you want. And then kind of that's what your seesaw is going to do is you're going to tilt and say, okay, lifting is the one I'm going to keep that on a little bit higher priority than this. Um, I did do another training on this about um, cardio and how much you should do and all that stuff. And if it's not already in your portal, I will make sure that it gets in there and um, we'll link to it under this office hours for you to go into all the depth that you want on that. But again, remember, ask yourself first, which one is more important and ask yourself, are you trying to make it harder than it has to be? Because typically the extra research isn't necessary, but I know sometimes like just for our own mindset, we feel like it can be. So Pick which one is the most important to you in this moment, not forever. You're not married to it for life in this moment. So with that being said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do both. There's nothing wrong with saying like, okay, muscle building is my priority, but I still want to lift, which is essentially what you have been saying. So again, like I'm using this because it's such a good topic to talk to multiple people about. So I don't think it's all directed right at you. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when we're saying that they're two different goals and now there's nothing wrong with wanting to do both it's still they can't they can't have the same goal so you're not 
building muscle at the same time you're training for a marathon. A lot of times actual marathon runners will have an off season, just like most endurance athletes do. They have an off season where they build muscle because they know that once it's on season, once they are back in season, they are now putting themselves back into a catabolic state and peak season. They will probably have also peaked um, their loss of muscle mass as well. So this is a known thing for endurance athletes. It's a harder thing for some reason for recreational athletes to wrap their head around. So remember, periodization is not just about um, fat loss and muscle building, even though that's what we're using it for in this case. This is what Olympic level athletes have used for ever in order to ever since periodization was discovered in order to reach their peak physical condition for an event. So remember, athletes, especially Olympic athletes, they will train like four years for one event. So during that time period, they're going through a lot of different phases. So they have phases where they're not doing as much endurance work because they're working on building up the muscle or the power or the strength that they need in these other areas in order to power them through in their runs. So there's time periods where they are working on like, I'm going to build up my glutes or I'm going to build up my arm strength or these things because it's going to help me, you know, like having stronger arms is going to help to move you faster, you know, when you're running. Building stronger glutes is really going to help that like strength, especially in sprinters, which sprinters have to worry about this less. But endurance athletes, they want these things. They're going to work on their core. They're going to work on their arms. They're going to work on their legs. They're going to do a lot of this in the off season because like when once they start ramping into season, it's all about endurance. That's all they're training for because now they're putting the other things behind and they're like, yeah, I'm going to lose some of the muscle or whatever. So recognizing that that is just part of the game. Now it's how do I adapt this into what I want to do? How do I adapt this into my fat loss regimen? Understand that it is hard for a marathon runner, endurance athlete to build muscle. But that just means what we said earlier. It's only hard because it requires more attention to detail. If you're willing to put the attention to detail because of the fact that running is that important to you, then you should absolutely do it and pay attention to those details, which means number one, that every single workout has to serve a purpose. So if you're an endurance athlete and you're trying to build muscle, this isn't where we just, run whenever we feel like it or do it like everything has a purpose. Your endurance workouts serve a purpose. Your lifts serve a purpose. Your days off from either serve a purpose. All of that serves a purpose. And the reason why I mentioned the days off, because that's also another one that you want to pay attention to is that muscle grows during recovery. It grows during downtime, not during the workout. So this is another area when we're talking about how running can interfere. It's not that it's just like just an absolute interference. The interference comes in the fact that I know, like you mentioned, like whenever I wasn't lifting, I was running. Well, there needs to be downtime from something. So either having a run after your lifts, maybe there is some conflicting research on concurrent training, but either way, taking your rest and recovery needs to be much more strategic and needs to be taken much more seriously. If your body does not get that opportunity to recover, you will not see muscle growth. Because remember, the whole way that muscle growth works is that you do an exercise 
you do it intensely, you do it within that hypertrophic range, that muscle tears. And then during recovery is when it repairs and it grows back bigger and stronger. If you never go into the recovery, it never repairs, it never grows back bigger and stronger, leaner tone, more defined, never comes to you. So that is one of the cases, one of the reasons how cardio can start to get in the way. So when I'm saying those things in general, especially in like bigger communities, like the bigger the audience that I'm talking to, the more general that's going to be. So that's why it's usually just like, uh, just keep the cardio shorter, cardio for fun, ways to transform, things like that. Because of the fact that we're just trying to like get it across to the person. Like if you want to build muscle, like you don't have to do cardio. So it's about them recognizing that first because some people are doing it because they feel like they have to not necessarily because they love it when you love it then you have to look at all these little different idiosyncrasies about how it all works so it's definitely more nuanced but understanding that is that you can do both you need to figure out which one's priority if lifting is priority if muscle building is priority recover appropriately because it's not really about overtraining. it's typically about under eating and under recovering and that's usually when you're going to see those diminishing returns. That's usually when you're going to see that, hey, I put in all that work and I didn't gain any muscle or I lost muscle, you know, or I gained fat. Like what's happening? Typically, that's what it's from. It's from like overworking, under eating. So if you're not recovering properly, then that your body is just getting like super efficient. Because remember, we talked about that muscle requires that surplus. So period, end of story, your muscle is going to re require a surplus. Macros determine, you know, what you're gaining or losing. But the thing is, is that when you're doing endurance work, your body adapts. That's how it becomes better at endurance. Like doing endurance teaches your body to become more efficient at burning calories. That's what endurance is. Endurance means I can go further, go longer, do more with burning less, with less effort. That means... The workload is increasing, but the result is decreasing. You're burning less calories, even though you're doing the same or more work. So again, that's where the type of running matters because it's about like, am I using these explosive fast switch fibers or these uh, slow twitch fibers, which slow twitch is your endurance. That's your aerobic style stuff. And so all of that matters because if you start burning fewer calories, the more your body adapts, then you're doing the same amount of work, but you're getting less of a return on your investment. So you're doing same work, burning less calories. That is why even if you're burning a higher percentage of fat, it doesn't matter because you're burning less calories overall. And that's really what's happening when we're looking at like how the runs can negatively impact it. They negatively impact it because of the fact that like your body just starts getting super efficient. Self-preservation means that your body is going to get efficient at how many calories it burns. So it's going to burn less calories, but you're going to do the same amount of work. And now the calories that it does burn, it's actually going to start burning less of it from fat because of the fact that that is the self-preservation. Your body wants to store fat for fuel. So that is what can happen. That's the little twist that can happen when it comes to endurance. And that's the reason why your body will get rid of muscle when you're doing longer 
amounts of cardio, longer runs, just not giving yourself that downtime. So when you add all of that together, that's why it becomes one of those things because of the fact that like, not only is there no recovery, which means no actual muscle growth is happening, but also now your body is becoming more efficient at storing fat. So you're not getting any muscle growth, but you're storing fat, you're storing fat, you're storing fat, and you're in a surplus essentially because of the fact that you're burning less calories. So you're eating the same amount, you're burning less calories. So you're going to gain something because remember calories just determine whether you gain or not. So when your body reduces the amount of calories that it's burning for that exercise, you are going to gain. And because your body is storing fat, that is what you're going to gain. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense. Um, there was a article I used to always share. It's probably got to be like 15 years old. I'll see if it's still on the internet. It was from Rachel Crossgrove that gave a great example of this um, when she ran a marathon or maybe she did a triathlon and she went from being like rock hard chisel to like being very like soft and like her abs went away and it was a whole thing um i will find that i think it was the final nail in the cardio coffin or something like that it was on testosterone nation which i know not everyone is an avid reader of but i will if it's still on the interwebs i will find it and i will um share it with you guys just for an example that is outside of kiki <laughs> so that there's a little less resistance there and it's coming from someone who actually like did the thing because they loved it they liked the endurance like because i know sometimes that can be a block because of the fact that i'm i'm stating up front that i don't like cardio and then i'm telling you all these reasons why like cardio is bad and it's not bad like you could totally do it you could totally keep in your cardio and gain muscle like i've had plenty of clients who've done it they just like i said they have to take care of the details and usually that's when you reach out and you hire a coach because there's so many details that like, why are you wasting your life figuring out those details just for the sake of fat loss, especially if you're not an actual athlete, which if you think about it, athletes all have coaches. So this isn't something that they just like conjure up on their own. They don't just like sit at home and take like an entire Sunday, like mapping all of these things out. They go out and they just hire somebody to create that says like, okay, now we're moving into this phase. These are the behaviors that you're going to do. And they say, okay, now we're moving into this phase. This is the behaviors that you're going to do. And that's the difference between athletes and recreational athletes, like professional athletes and recreational athletes is recreational athletes usually want to like talk, look at the coach and be like, yeah, but I'm still going to do this. Yeah, but I'm still going to go and do that. Whereas a professional athlete knows that like their livelihood depends on it. They are doing this because, you know, it, started off with something that they love but now it pays the bills and so in order to stay in the game in order to stay at peak performance in order to accomplish their goals or shave off time or whatever the case may be they're gonna listen to that coach even if it doesn't make sense to them so i'm not saying that you need to listen to me if it doesn't make sense to you what i'm saying is that like that's where we have to start asking ourselves like why do we need to know how the sausage is made like find out what you need. Like, okay, I'm going to do this and here's going to be the result. Or I'm going to not do this and I'm going to get this result. Or just, you know, what are the top things that I need to keep in mind for this to happen? If you've done the things, if you've gotten the scan and you didn't, so I know we talked about this a lot with um, Lucy in the past one, like if you go execute these behaviors and you get the scan and it tells you the result, like you now have all the proof that you need. You really don't need to know any more of the science behind it other than the fact that like you 
heard that this was possible that it can happen. You did this anyways, and it happened to you. What are the changes that you're willing to make for it? So that's what I'm presenting to you right now. Anybody who's in this position, because I know a lot of um, you may have just joining and you're like, you know, like I said, these cardio questions were very, very um, frequent. <laughs> so um, let's see. Another part of your question was, I don't understand how I managed to gain only fat and no muscle if I was lifting with progressive overload and doing cardio. Okay. So a variation of this, um, this kind of what we've been talking about, but I do want to go a little bit deeper into that part of, um, I don't understand how I managed to only gain fat and no muscle. Um, first, I would say, how do you know? How do you know that you built no muscle? Now, let me explain this. I'm going to give you some metaphors to understand what I mean, because I feel like when we're looking at it from the perspective of um, physique changes, and our body and just like looking at the scan and stuff like a lot of the like mindset stuff can get in the way so think about it from like an example i give clients a lot is hair so let's say that you hear that okay in order to grow your hair out full and strong and like longer than it's ever been you need to trim it about a quarter inch a month Right. So let's see. Like that's that's what you hear. And you're like, wow, I want to grow my hair longer than it's ever been. I'm going to start trimming it. Right. But you just take in the trimming part. You're not paying attention to that one little detail about the quarter inch. So if for every half inch of growth, you're cutting a quarter inch. You're there's still overall growth there. So there's still another quarter inch of growth, which over time means that the overall trend is that your hair got longer. However, if for every half inch of growth, you cut one to two inches of your hair off because you're just like, I just need to trim it. And we're not paying attention to the actual amount. Now, your overall trend, especially if you only measured your hair at the beginning and at the end of like, let's say six months, overall, your hair is gonna be shorter. And you're gonna be like, what the F, right? Like. I trim my hair every month, like you told me, and my hair is shorter than it's ever been. You're a liar. <laughs> so like the reason why I like use that as an example is because we can cut like it makes sense if we think about it that way. It makes sense if we're thinking like, OK, like half an inch, you know, over a half an inch of growth over six months is three inches of growth. But an inch of trimming it every month is six inches of it being chopped which is a net of three inches. Like your hair is three inches shorter after six months. So like as much as it can be like, but I let my, my hair grew half an inch and I trimmed it like I was taught. Like it doesn't matter, you over trimmed it. So the amount was in excess causing a negative result. Um, another example would be like, so like with that, like you just want to make sure that you're looking at like, it doesn't mean there was no hair growth because your hair still did grow. It still grew half an inch every month. It's just that you chopped off an inch. You chopped off more than you grew. So it doesn't mean you didn't grow at all. It just means that the trimming outweighed the growing. So another example would be like money. If you were to say like, I want to save money this year, you know, I'm gonna, if I put away $50 a month, like say you read an article and you're like, if you 
Don't go to Starbucks every day. You can save an extra $50 a month or whatever the stupid things that it always tells us to try to get us to not go to Starbucks. But I still go. The point is, if it says like, if you deposit $50 a month for a year, like you're going to have whatever that is, $600 at the end of the year. That's an extra $600 just from cutting out your lattes. And you're like, cool, amazing. That's great, right? I'm going to deposit $50 a month for the year. If you have $100 worth of withdrawals, guess what? At the end of the year, you've actually removed more money than you've deposited. So even though you have still saved, you still deposited $600, it doesn't mean you deposited nothing. You still deposited and had $600 extra going into your account. It's just that that was overridden by the hundred extra that you pulled out of your account every month. So even your net at the end of the year, instead of being plus 600 is actually negative 600. If you only looked at your account at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, you'd be like, what the heck? How did I save an extra $50 every single month and still have negative 600? That does not mean that no deposits happen. The deposits still happen. It's just that you're checking here and you're checking here and stuff happened in between here that affected it. So when I say who's to say that you built no muscle, that's what I'm talking about. It's like you may have still built muscle. It's just that if you got checked here and then you got checked again at the end of these six months, it's were you burning more muscle than you were gaining? It doesn't mean that there was zero muscle gain overall. That is a different mindset shift that we have to have because a lot of times like we can get so caught up in the fact that this is stupid. I did this thing. I got this result. It didn't work. It doesn't mean that it didn't work. It only means that like, okay, we need to make adjustments in the withdrawals. We need to make adjustments in how much hair we're actually trimming because the, fact of the matter is that when you're using the money example, let's say you were taking out that $100 every month and you didn't save the $50 a month, you would actually be more in the negative. You would actually be $1,200 in the negative instead of $600 in the negative. So it's not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of times that's still what's happening when it comes to the muscle building and when it comes to like when somebody's trying to dissect their scans and they're three to six months apart is you don't know how much more fat you could have gained you don't know how much more muscle you would have lost had you not been doing these things the same way that the person who is upset that they're negative 600 is not recognizing that well i actually would have been negative 1200 if I hadn't been doing this. So they're only looking at it as a negative instead of like, okay, so now instead of being at the end of the year and trying to figure out how do I stop spending this $1,200? Now it's a smaller pool of like, okay, how do I become a little bit better at saving this, you know, or how can I cover the rest of the 600 that was negative and not spend anymore? Or how do I reduce my spending? That is the question that you're asking with your muscle building and your cardio is you're saying like, which one of these do I maneuver? Do I save more or do I spend less? And that's something that only you would know. 
you have to go by what feels good to you because for some people making more is easier for them than spending less but if they're not both happening simultaneously if you keep increasing your savings and increasing your spendings at the same time you're gonna keep having the same result if you change one or the other either one still gets you the result it's the exact same thing when we're talking about creating a caloric deficit you could decrease your calories or you could increase your activity both create a deficit which feels better to you so that is the perspective shift that i would love to see you take when it comes to this because it's not about should i keep my cardio or not i know like you were saying like should i give up my runs now or wait until i'm actually bulking you don't have to give them up at all if you don't want are you willing to make the concessions in the other areas if you're like i want kind of a mixture of two i want to spend less and make more then um that's something that you can do when it comes down to your bulking so definitely just start asking those questions of um what types of cardio am I willing to do? Like maybe you're not willing to give up cardio, but you're willing to bend on the types. Like you can lean more towards some anaerobic stuff. Like maybe you could do some sprinting instead of run. So maybe if you're doing an hour run, could you do a 20 to 30 minute sprint instead? Or could you do a 15 minute sprint and then a 20 minute run after that? Or maybe the 20 minutes first and then the 15 minutes sprint, something like that, like depending on what works best for you. So like take you into the equation. How are you still going to get those like good feelings from it and do what you need to do for muscle building? If that's the thing that is most important to you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmoretowayless.com slash start. See you next time.